0: WFH with two guys. Now here's Benny and Dennis. When you brought the idea uh, and topic, Dennis, uh, the idea of a citizen developer, I have to admit, I was uh, a little confused and, you know, me being a technical guy, I was a little, you know, I, I didn't sure what that meant in terms of a definition. And just doing a little bit of research, I was really kind of intrigued by this whole idea and what a citizen developer is.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, today we've got Matt Hubbard from Track Via, which is one of the big partners that I work with a lot, um, joining us to talk about what is citizen development. And it's it's a buzzword that if you're following things, it, it's appearing more and more. And so Matt's mm-hmm. going to share kind of what that means, but then also give us some insight and in stories and background and help people understand, OK, how you probably already a citizen developer. You just may not mm-hmm. realize it and what you can do with it. So right. Matt, welcome. welcome what have Matt.
0: You? Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Benny. Glad to be yeah. here. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and launch right into it and just say, hey, you know, what is a, a citizen developer? Can you tell me a little bit about what that is for, for the 99% of the people out there who don't know what it is like me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy to do so, Benny. Uh, citizen developer,
2: citizen development I, I'm just going to start right off the bat with saying it's a weird term, okay? It's, it's a wonderful uh, idea, and it's, it's something that I'm passionate about, uh, but the term itself, it, it leaves a lot to be desired. I've told, I usually tell people citizen development, um, they ask me, is it a nefarious plan for the government to control their citizens <laughs> and keep them in line? I mean, it's a little bit what it sounds like, right? Mm-hmm. It's out of context. Um, it could f- see, it, it could seem like that, mm-hmm. um, but that is not the case. Let's break it down. So citizen development. Let's break it down with citizen first. So this, what we're talking about is we're talking about developing systems, okay? okay? And a citizen who develops systems is just like an average person like myself. I am not trained as a pro developer. I am not a trained coder, but I can make very effective and functional apps with the tools that are available today. So I am a citizen who can make apps that help my business. That's Mm -hmm. fundamentally what a citizen developer is. Now they use technology today called low-code, no-code. That Mm -hmm. is the tool that a citizen developer will use. Without low-code, no-code, it would be really hard to be an effective citizen developer. So this has only taken off I'm going to say in the last 10 years, though, the idea of abstracting code so that average people who are not trained uh, coders can actually make apps, that idea has been in development since systems started. It's been in development for 30 plus years.
1: So Matt, tell us a bit about your background. How'd you get to TrackBee and what were you doing and what caused you to get passionate about citizen development?
2: Oh, you bet. Um, I'm going to start kind of way back if you don't mind. Um, so I, I worked for Honda of America manufacturing. We made the, the automobiles, right? The Civics, the Accords, even some of the Acuras um, for North in North America. And I was assigned as we'll call it kind of a project manager to help with new model development, okay? And so we were working with suppliers, about 700 different suppliers and we were trying to get their parts matured so that they could be mass production ready, and we were, for the most part, managing all of this with 700 suppliers, with email, shared drives, an old green screen system, and it was it was hard. Okay, um, I'm sure that was the best that we had at the time. Okay, but. Computer technology was just starting to enter the mainstream when I started there. In fact, I would say that I remember the first lap, our desktop computer uh, being put on a desk when I was at Honda, and we kind of all shared it, right? But it was, <laughs> it was starting to become a viable thing. And so I, I was asked to explore putting systems in place that could help us manage these big projects better, like new, de- new model development. Okay. Um, The first thing you need to do though, before you put a system in place is make sure you improve that process. Make sure it's a solid process. I typically say um, never automate a crappy process unless (laughs) you're trying to produce crap faster. (laughs) (laughs) So, so me and my team, we worked on a process improvement project for all of these new model processes. Uh, There were about 10 of them and um, with the suppliers themselves. And we worked very hard for actually a couple of years to identify the processes, figure out how the 13 plants in North America did these processes differently and what were the strengths, what were the weaknesses. And in the end came up with an agreed to standardized process probably like a 300 page manual to try to execute those processes. So as a team, we were super proud next step was digitize those processes. And I got to admit, I failed miserably. This is the first big digital project that I had been on. Um, I scoped out what I thought the system should be. IT told us it would be millions of dollars and years of development. Um, And you got one shot at it, by the way, like if you were wrong, get back in line because somebody else is going to have to become available to help make that change. Okay, so at the other end of the spectrum, where the tools that we were actually using, which were the spreadsheets, email, share drives, um, they're basically free, um, obviously not literally free, but essentially free. They're very flexible and most any of us can use them. So that's what we were using while we were asking for this bigger system to be developed. And the economics just never made sense for us to develop that bigger system. And so we pretty much stuck with the spreadsheets. And I was thinking, man, there has got to be a better way of doing this. And I'll I'll share a a brief analogy with you that kind of entered my head. I was thinking about video games. Um, I was thinking about the Atari game system, the home system. Do you guys remember when it came out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Prior to it coming out. If you wanted to go play a video game you had to go to like a bowling alley or something and play the stand-up centipede unit right or space invaders or whatever it was and that was a very large unit it played one game and uh it probably it cost several thousand dollars just to get that one game Mm -hmm. well then atari came out with their home system which was a console and these cartridges that you plugged in for each game and basically they scaled the idea of video games right Mm -hmm. and so I was thinking can't we do the same thing with business processes can't we have like a central unit that that has the master controls and all you're doing is plugging in business cartridges one for purchase orders one for project management one for you know task management asset management inventory whatever you just plug it in and so that was the idea that entered my head but it I was told it didn't exist And then right before um, the end of my career at Honda, because I was moving on for for personal reasons to something else, somebody introduced me to Trackvia. They said, hey, I was on this this, uh, visit out in California and I saw this thing called Trackvia. They said, I think it's what you've been talking about with that video game analogy. You might wanna check it out. So I checked it out and it was exactly what I was talking about. I'm like, wow, this is a game changer. This is gonna go from managing by spreadsheets with all of the errors that happened with that and all the manual time that was spent to this low code, no code stuff, it's cost effective. And I could actually maybe develop the app myself because it's drag and drop. Right. And so I thought, great, this is what I've been dreaming of, but I'm moving on to another company. And I guess that dream is behind me. Turns out. Almost every company in the world has the same process, the same system problems. Many are running their businesses on Excel spreadsheets, looking for the more robust system. And so I was back in the game when I went to the new company.
1: Yeah, we've all gotten hooked on Excel over the years. And I tell people it's really a dinosaur. I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's easy, but it's not. It's not. There's so much better tools and better ways to do things. And so... Uh, you know, Trekvia and all these other different systems out there are, are so much, you know, but again, I think people are scared to do and, and don't know what to do. So, you know, if, if I want to become, I don't think I want to become a citizen developer, what do you do? Because it's like, I don't know how to code anything or I don't know how to do a drag and drop. You know,
2: what do I do? I can harken back to, to when and how I learned. So I went to this, this new company and they, um, they were pretty open-minded to, to new technology. Um, to at least trying it out. And so that's what it is. I I started small. I did not ask for the big bang because sometimes new things with a big ask are like, well, let's let some other people prove that out first. So we started um, with just a few people, actually a free trial of this low-code, no-code platform. Um, Got a little um, IT buy-in as well to say, yep, we can investigate this, right? Um, The security seems to be okay, um, but we can investigate this. And so just solved a few like problems of my own. But the way I learned is through the knowledge base is what it's called on Trackvia. A lot of these low-code, no-code platforms, they have a knowledge base that tell you how to use the platform, okay? Um, Many of them, including Trackvia, now have like a Trackvia University, which is online classes that you can take um on demand at your own time the little bite-sized classes so that you don't have to like invest 10 hours um you could do like you know 30 minutes here 30 minutes there so that's one way is you could do it like i did it where i learned the platform taking these bite-sized courses and reading the knowledge base but if you're like i don't know that i want to develop apps but i appreciate the benefits that a low-code no-code platform could offer such as really fast development, lower cost, and flexibility. Kind of like I like with my spreadsheets. They're very flexible. If I see something that I don't like, I just change it on the fly. So if you like those three things, but you're like, I don't know if I have the time or even the interest to develop my own apps, you got a couple other things. You might have other employees in your company, other citizens, if you will, who do have that interest. So empower them. Maybe, maybe you don't want to start there with any of your employees. So I think there are several channels. Uh, one is with the low code, no code platforms. Um, many of them have their own implementation teams, so you can reach out to them and tell them about your project. It's like outsourcing to it. You can tell them about your, their, your project and they could develop it for you. And then later you could learn because you've got a platform where you can build multiple applications. The next option, um, which I think is a great option, is these low-code, no-code platforms have partner ecosystems. So these are consultants who understand technology, who understand business process improvement, um, and they are validated and certified on the platform. And so you can connect with some of these partners. Dennis, you've got a you've got a company, Work Solutions. Um, you're you're one of our first partners at Trackvia. And so, yeah, that's a, I don't know. You want to speak a little bit about that? Yeah.
1: No, I mean, I think exactly what you talked about. We spend a lot of time with our clients when we go and just helping them look at their current process before you even jump into trying to come up with the solution it's going to be because um, there's always things that they either don't think about or ways that they can make it better. And then um, we just encourage them, start small. I mean, don't try to eat the whole elephant get in there and just, because the goal is we're going to, while we're coming along as a consultant, we're really coming along to teach someone to become that citizen developer internally in the organization. And, and we look back at, you know, we've got, uh, we're up to 95 clients that we support the ones that are the strongest is someone has internally become that citizen champion or, um, the person that learns it. And then they, we helped to build one app. Now they may build 10 or 15 or 20 other apps over the years to do other things. And it can be as simple as keeping track of vacation schedules or meeting rooms, or it can be very complicated. I mean, it just depends, but they start realizing that this is much better than an Excel spreadsheet or uh, God forbid, there's some companies that run their business on Google Docs. And it's like, why? Um, Because, you know, Google Docs is great in college, but it's not where you want to run your business going forward. And so there's all kinds of tools such as track the, uh, other ones out there. that are so much stronger and have so much more security around them to help you get there. So Benny, I know you've got questions because this is kind of a topic that was new to you. And I met, I over here hogging the conversation. But...
0: <laughs> no, actually, and I'll have to say, I was playing a little naive because, you know, from a, from a, uh, fr- from from an automations perspective. And, you know, I actually work in space, uh, with clients, they you know do a lot of RPA implementation called robotic process automation, and the ability to um, combine different disparate technologies together. I guess what you know you know the things that we get asked about all the time are, you know, where would you where would you start? I mean, you when you when you have a client, and obviously, you know, the bigger the company, sometimes the, the problems get get larger, um, in, in, you know, and, and they don't know where to start. So where do you guys tell people? And I guess both, this is a question for both, uh, not only Matt for Dennis too, as well. What do you guys see out there? Um, gosh, I got about a hundred different ideas that we could work on. Where do these start? What, what's kind of the, the beginning place for, for something like this?
2: I'll go ahead and take that one. Um, at least to start. Um, I've had a mantra that I've followed for the last 10 years and it's think big start small, scale fast. So honestly, low code, no code, citizen development, it can scale through an organization where this becomes a way of life. This just becomes work. You're solving problems every day with technology. But to get to that point, you have to mature to that point. And so start with a use case that is really simple. I usually tell people, uh, find a spreadsheet that you can supercharge. And what I mean by supercharge, is layer in um, alerts and notifications so that the system is telling you that the thing you're tracking is now behind schedule, or even better, gives you a heads up three days beforehand by sending you an email, this is due in three days, make sure you stay on top of it. Your spreadsheets can't do that, okay? Also, automate the reports. So if you have reports that you have to send out on a weekly basis, low-code, no-code platforms, you can pre-design those reports very easily, just in a matter of uh, seconds, literally. Um, You can design them to go out on a Monday to a certain distribution list at a certain time um, and free up that time for yourself. Once somebody can see that their spreadsheet can be moved into a platform and then supercharged with these extra features, Um, they're, they're usually very pleased and wanting to know what more can this do?
1: Yeah. And I I agree with Matt. I mean, start with something simple, um, find where you, you've got a pain point and that we can solve it fairly quickly to get you that win, um, don't eat the whole elephant. I always tell people break it down into bite-sized parts, um, because again, the goal is to keep it low cost, simple, and then allow it to scale, like Matt said, fast. And so once you get the taste of it, you, you can run with it. And, you know, the IT departments love it because they know it's in a secure environment. It's auditable. Um, you can control who can have access to certain things. And it's it's not just a spreadsheet that's floating around out there that can be sent to anybody. That's what's really cool about it. And, then, and it has all the, the logic. I mean, I had one client that they were living in a spreadsheet and the spreadsheet had a markup for what sales was supposed to be marking up. And it was supposed to be 25%. Well, someone had changed it to 2%. Nobody oh. caught it for a year. Oh my and they ended up going Yikes. out of business because they were working off that spreadsheet that someone had changed it from 25 to 2. And all their quotes kept going out that way.
0: Oh, we, no. we come
1: in and we, we, start, we looked at it and we said, why are you at 2%? You told me 25%. We change it. And then now they've got a system and it flags it. And if someone changes it, it kept them notified of who, who changed it, where it was at. And they could see real time what that margin was. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are just little, and it it happens all the time. And the best one, I always love this with spreadsheets is Benny, you save one, Matt gets one, I get one. And we have a meeting and we have three separate spreadsheets (laughs) that we all think we're talking about the same thing, but yours was from Monday. Matt's was from Wednesday and mine's today. And They all three say different things, but it's really the same thing because we aren't looking at the same thing. You don't have that problem when you're in a a system like a track via or other ones like it, where it's real-time information keeping you informed.
2: That's a great example, Dennis. Um, I, I want to piggyback on something that you said earlier when you are talking about Excel being kind of an older technology, which it absolutely is. I, I say Excel. Let me genericize that. Spreadsheets, kind of an older yeah. technology. It was great to move up from paper to spreadsheets and email, right? That, that definitely advanced forward. But that was over 20 years ago, almost 30 years ago. And now the technology is much better. And it's called low-code, no-code platforms.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, for, for you all, and, and I think that if I'm playing the, the the business owner or the operator, and this is the first time that they've heard of this idea and the the... The, the simple thought about, oh, wow, I didn't even know such a thing existed, you know, uh, they're running a small company, where do they begin? what kind of like, you know, do, do is there, how do they understand a good place to start? Is this something where, you know, I'm going to call Dennis and Dennis is going to, you know, be the, the person to do this or, you know, from a low code, no code perspective, is this something that me as an individual who says, you know, i will need to knock around and see what I can do here, maybe before I bring in some big guns to help out with some bigger problems?
1: And I'll jump in on that one. And Matt, definitely follow. I mean, be careful. I mean, because the challenge is there's lots of people out there selling stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, they're try- they're going to try to reel you in. And in many cases, they'll tell you to get rid of the current systems you have and move everything to their system. Right. And I'm always, you know, our tagline is bridging operational gaps. And my goal is that you keep a lot of the same systems, especially your accounting system and those types of things, because, moving from one accounting system to another is painful and can be very hurtful. Um, Focus on Matt hit on the head, spend time understanding what it is you're trying to solve for, draw it all out and then find those, that group or consultant that can help you look at the stuff. And when I say consultant, a lot of people think that's expensive does not mean expensive. Um, Find someone that you trust that, that can talk you through how this stuff works, and help you figure out how to do this. And um, and if and, and if you're the type that you can learn on your own, then get in there and do it. But a lot of times, the consultant can help you navigate through some of those challenges. But also, they can save you a lot of headaches of not you know throwing out the baby with the bathwater, and then bringing in a tool that's going to actually do the thing. Because in many cases, I'll tell people, hey, and like I said, V is probably. 80% of my business, but there's times I'll say, Hey, there's another tool that I've got that you ought to look at. That's that's even a little bit lower cost and fix what you need. And you don't need to track via model. Our, our right now, the big one for us is OCR technology. And so we're helping people be able to scan invoices or purchase orders and all that and bring it in and then get it into track via. So that the data starts doing all its stuff. And hmm. um, the big driver there is they don't have the labor. And so it's, freeing up a body that doesn't have to sit there and keystroke an invoice that now we can get the invoice into the system, do the workflows for approval, and then push it to their accounting system to pay the invoice. So there's all kinds of different things you can do to make life easier. Matt, thoughts?
2: Yeah, sure thing, Dennis. Um, getting started is, it's clearly the most important part. And sometimes it's the hardest part. Uh, it can be the, the place where I don't know what this is, so I'm afraid to take a step forward. Um, so I, I think I, I've been teaching a lot of people about citizen development lately, and I try to make it as easy as possible. There are two things that I ask people to do. Number one, take the Project Management Institute's 90-minute foundation course. It is a very short course, but it gives you the terminology and the thinking for how citizen development works. Okay, it's, it's more on the theory side, but it's a good baseline to have that vocabulary implanted into your thoughts, okay? Usually after somebody takes the foundation course, um, they're they're able to talk about this in a different way than they were before, but they still say, what is this low-code, no-code stuff? I still can't picture it, Mm -hmm. okay? And so we pivot very quickly to, well, let's get your hands on the keyboard, okay? So I'll give them like a demo really quickly of how I can build an app in minutes by dragging and dropping elements instead of coding it. That that gives them an idea but they're still like, "Ah, I really need to get my hands on the keyboard to understand this better." So we set them up with a free trial. Um, you can sign up for a free trial through TrackVIA through our website. Um, the the website is trackvia.com. That's t r a c k v i a.com. And if somebody is interested in taking the foundation course uh, for citizen development through the Project Management Institute, I can help them get set up with that. Just reach out to me, matt.hubbard at trackvia.com. That's M-A-T-T dot H-U-B-B-A-R-D at trackvia.com.
0: Fantastic. Well, Matt, this has been really uh, a refreshing and insightful, uh, a, a podcast for us. I know for me, uh, you know, learning a little bit more about, uh, this business. And I think that citizen development is, is, it's really an interesting uh, concept and and I think there's more that can be developed out of here. And for people who have no desire to actually be a developer, if you will, but still be able to improve processes for their business, this is really an interesting uh, take on it. And so reach out to Matt and make sure you, uh, Uh, Learn a little bit more. Maybe you never know. You can uh, improve the processes over at your company. And so, uh, Dennis, I think this has been a great insight into your business, too, as well. And I think it's been helpful. So, uh, yeah, I do appreciate you uh, inviting Matt on this podcast. And like I said, it's always a pleasure to have you guys on here and looking forward to more information on the road. So, Matt, I do want to thank you for stopping by and spending some time with Dennis and me today.
2: Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Benny.
0: All right. See you next time. WFH with two guys. Thanks again. You've been listening to WFH with two guys. We'll see you next time.